Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, sister. Oh, my hand. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to invite you to an event that I and almost 30 other, I think it's 28 now, other um, wonderful Womb Centered Healing Practitioners are co-creating. It's called the Embodied Shakti Summit. So this is happening in April of 2019. It is happening from April 5th through April 19th. It is a free online summit. Um, And I invite you to sign up and check it out. If you enjoy the interviews that I host here on on the podcast, you'll definitely enjoy this summit. It's about embodied Shakti. Uh, We're all talking about what embodied Shakti means to us, people, women from, uh, and some, and one man, I think, (laughs) I interviewed, on the practice of bringing our Shakti energy into full embodiment, full awakening. And that Shakti energy is the feminine creative life force energy, and it's called different names. Uh, It's the divine energy that we can embody through whatever spiritual practices, somatic practices, embodiment practices that we discover and and develop for ourselves. Um, The speakers uh, are talking about this from all different perspectives from all around the world, from a variety of different spiritual traditions, from Islam to Christianity to yoga to um, to various African spiritual traditions, um, comedic yoga and other traditions. And it's a really diverse group of people. So join us for the Embodied Shakti Summit. You can check out the lineup of speakers on the sign-up page at embodiedshaktisummit.com. So join us and we'll see you there. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar. Say my own name right. See what I was telling you? I'm getting a little giddy all these interviews. Um, I'm Sama Morningstar and I have with me Tensi and Soul Expression of Ufulu Child. Thank you so much for joining me, you two. And, and, um, you both uh, in together were uh, our guest speakers in the Embodied Shakti Summit as well. So we thought we'd come on here as well on the podcast and get to know you more and, and have more opportunities to talk about womb-centered healing with you and possibly how that weaves together with Embodied Shakti practices. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself um, more in depth. Uh, and share about what womb-centered healing means to you. Well, very, very happy to be here uh, again with you. Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said already, I'm so and with my Tensi, and uh, we are Ufulu child. Ufulu, as by itself, means freedom, and our 
about is to create culture that's moved by freedom. Moved is misspelled. It's spelled as an acronym, M-U-V-E-D. And it stands for moving to unite the virtue and everybody dedicated. Mm. And basically, um, for, for me personally, how, how that whole purpose ties into womb-centered healing and what that means to me is that, well, the womb is a center for, first of all, rapid, rapid, rapid growth, super rapid growth, <laughs> uh, both you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, all of the super rapid growth. And by super rapid, there's no comparison, right? There's just no, nothing that grows like it grows when it's in its first stages of growth. And so uh, not only that, where, where I, I kind of correlated with how one matures and grows into their own freedom, but also uh, it means to me that original, going back to your original Ness. Thank you. <laughs> original, original nature. And um, not necessarily picking apart and nitpicking at yourself, but seeing and exposing to yourself things that aren't original to you so that you can begin to, to, uh, to heal from the root and from the origins from which you came. Mm. Uh, and that's kind of what it means. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that recognition of my goodness. This is not original to me. I took this on from somewhere and being able to differentiate that is a big part of the womb centered healing work that I do with my clients because we take things on as soon as we start growing super fast inside the womb. We start learning things from yeah. our mother and think making them our own sort of piling them on top or molding ourselves to fit the reality that are, that we're being presented with in our mother's womb and that carries on throughout our childhood until we get to be adults and we realize wait a second who am i really am i this what's been added to my essential self or what is my essential self and we start to question that and then we can go in through and that's a very womb process of differentiating because the womb knows how to say okay this is the baby this is the mother and let's gently separate the placenta from the womb in a healthy environment and get that baby to move on out and become its own person right our wombs know how to do that and we know how to do that as babies. Babies are very active in that process. And yet there's things that get in the way of that. We, we, we've lost that. We get tangled. We get tangled and tied up and bound up. And, and so that's beautiful the way you express that. So thank you. And, and I can't wait to hear what you're going to add to this, uh, Tensi. Yes. Yeah, so I'm Hortensia Campbell. NC of Ufulu Chow. And um, yeah, in terms of what I, hmm, when I think of womb healing, I think of like a point where you're creating, hmm, you're not creating something that's not of you, but it's kind of like you're coming back home to who you truly are. Um, behind it all and it's like a, a seat of creation so all those possibilities all those dreams all those visions that you had this is also the incubation realm um, like a transitionary period is also how I think of it um, <clears throat> as adults like we have a lot of periods and pockets of our time where it feels like we're in transition between this stage and this one and like we we love to recreate ourselves and so when i think of womb healing part of that equation in addition to really being observant of what is our essential self what is the essence of me and honoring that would also be okay so now that all okay with for yourself is also well so some people might talk 
about like manifestations like that. Um, yeah, that's what that's what's calling to me in addition to what Soul said. Okay, uh, I the the reception kind of got patchy there in the last part of what you said. Oh. That often happens when we're saying something really potent and the electronic uh devices get a little bit like whoa somehow um so i would like to ask you to repeat this last part that you said um you were talking about this um the transition that we do as adults yes. from one way of being to another and then i did, couldn't really hear clearly everything that you said Absolutely. after that so I was saying that as adults, um, it's beyond just us coming to the point of understanding and and fully observing and allowing ourselves to be our essential selves and understanding what that is for ourselves. It's also um, we go through different pockets of time throughout our journey where we love to reinvent ourselves. We love to play and create. And we have all these dreams and these visions, and we'd love to see them come to fruition and really fleshing out what what do I desire? Do I um, want for myself or, or what is my intention and what would be the greatest expression of me? Mm -hmm. um, and really playing with those things is also in in my definition of womb healing, that transitionary period of nurturing yourself and allowing yourself to unfold into something new kind of like the the cocoon and the butterfly mm -hmm. um when i think of mm -hmm. yeah and and we have phases in our life and and we can start to understand those phases when we look at the natural rhythms and cycles of the planets our planet the sun you know we we all are familiar with the monthly cycle that originally was based on women's menstrual cycles and the lunar cycles and then we also have the daily cycle of the sun rising and setting and we have the seasonal cycle of the earth spinning around the sun and having different seasons throughout the year and then we have all of the the astrological cycles of where we are in relationship to other planets and constellations and things like that that are all influencing our development and what our and some say who follow astrology our essence can be can be discovered one way to discover our our true essence is to look at the configuration of the planets and the universe and all of that when we were born and possibly even when we were conceived and there's various systems to really get in touch with what our essence truly is and then these rhythms and cycles uh can map out those transitional phases oftentimes so for example you know we we have various transitions during you know of course of birth life life transitions right the the conception gestation and birth that's our first experience of that transition from being pure spirit to being in a physical form and then there's the transition from being a child to becoming an adult and there's various transitions along the way and then as young adults we have that transition of time uh, like in our 20s is a very womb like time of what is who am i right i'm leaving my family that's been telling me who i am or hopefully giving me space to discover finding what is freedom for me <laughs> yeah exactly but so away from the family unit saying what is freedom for me possibly or hopefully with the support of the family at that young adult and then there are these further transitions later in adult life like in our late 20s early 30s the saturn return saturn returns to the place that it was when we were born 
in in relation to us so that saturn is all about the structures of our essence of who we are and what we're meant to be doing so that that period of time in the late 20s early 30s it's like okay i really got to get serious i was experimenting playing around with this stuff now i'm really got to become who i am and then that happens again later in life uh after you have all this time in your 30s and 40s to possibly build your life around who your essence is if you're a little off course then you get another time of like wait a second we got to realign with saturn <laughs> and what it's doing so so there's those phases and so this womb centered healing can be a really great you know that that kind of creating a cocoon around ourselves to become what we're dreaming into is very powerful so i'm glad you talked about that and i would love to hear both of your experiences of times when that type of cocooning or allowing to blossom right right because oftentimes we can't we might have a goal but if we're looking at that goal we're not allowing a full freedom of transformation if we're too much um right pushing on the goal to happen quickly right <laughs> or having a timeline for the goal but there's more in a womb you're in the womb there's definitely a timing but there's no pushing or poking or prodding that's that's very beneficial it, we just have to let that process take its own course so i'm curious about <laughs> your experiences of that kind of transformation in your lives yeah, well, you know, the interesting thing about the way we approach things and how we teach uh, or, or point, you know, uh, the pointers that we um, give in terms okay. of dealing with cycles and not dealing with in the cliche sense, because that has kind of a negative connotation, but just being with uh, the cycles of life and the cycles of individuality as well. The way that we, the funny thing about the way that we approached it is if you can't do it fresh, meaning if you can't um, approach a cycle without your intellectual knowledge, then don't approach the cycle. Meaning, you know, if you, if you, can, if you can't do it fresh, you can't do it. If there's no um, in trust, cycle will uh, then it's not really help be uh, to remain one as you are which is the formless spirit you could some say be observer or uh just source consciousness and letting the cycle take its place so that you kind of watch the movie of me or watch the the play of of the i the sense i am and uh you could say like you know especially right now i'm in my late 20s so you could say right now i'm about what my actually desire for the later or middle and later parts of my own life and my own understanding where I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm a space that I can resist out of my control. So I don't have to push myself in any particular way that, you know, I feel on Wednesday I should be this way. Friday, I might feel like I should actually go this way. So find that of remaining as you are and not as what you think you want to be uh, because that can change you know that's not a reliable train of thought you know mm -hmm. well it was a little patchy in what you were saying but let me just see if i was able to piece it together <laughs> um, so it sounds like what you're talking about is is that there's there's a way that we can connect fresh with how we're feeling in the moment sort of uh setting aside or deprioritizing any preconceived notions or ideas about how we should be at on any particular day even scheduling things ahead of time <laughs> that's a challenge always for me because i like you say when friday shows up 
and I'm feeling a certain way, <laughs> the schedule that I planned last week for Friday might not fit the way I'm feeling, right? And so, so, so that freshness then, uh, it sounds like, is what you're talking about. And I'm curious, and, and you were starting to say something about now you're in your late 20s and you're looking at yeah. um, how, who you want to be for the rest of your life, which I think is a perennial question, but particularly in that late 20s Saturn return where you're getting a sense after all of our experimentation in our 20s, we get a sense for who do I really want to be? What, what did I just do and experience? And what parts do I want to keep and develop? And what parts are, eh, no, not that. And, and in each moment deciding that. And so I'm curious um, what some of the discoveries you're having about that are for you personally. Like, you know, what are your, uh, what are the things that you want to keep and develop? And what are the things that are falling to the wayside? Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, so firstly, the most surprising is I'm a lot less interested creating new music, which I thought for the longest time was going to be my number one thing that always that I always would be so in love with. But I found over uh, years that actually I'm just more of a writer. I like to write words that uh or read them and mm -hmm. and uh and that was big for someone that i've been making music and performing music for over 10 to 13 years now mm -hmm. and so you know i really thought that's that's where, where my heart is but it turns out what you love is not always what you're passionate about making and performing music is something I love to do. What I love to do is write interesting stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, and that and that has translated to I'm journal journaled since like middle school, uh, which is just crazy to me. <laughs> um, also, I've been writing a lot of prose and a lot of not rhymy. Uh, material, um, a lot of very philosophical yet simple, um, just trains of thought, and um, really, really, you know, you know, uh, coming into not pushing myself to um, fit into a box of my passions. I'm doing, and it's like, no, I'm doing what I love, and I'm allowing the space for if what I love to do changes naturally beautiful yes. and that that's such a that's such a uh you know when we become our own best mothers right <laughs> because that's a very motherly quality of allowing a child's passions and interests to change at least in my book of motherly the the ideal mother is the one who allows my passions and interests and what i love to change and grow and evolve over time and so that very much, that kind of motherly love is a very much womb-centered healing way of being towards ourselves instead of saying, no, you have to do what you decided you liked two weeks ago. You have to carry through with that till the bitter end and make it produce something, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that that you said? For the rest of your life. You must... For the rest of your life. <laughs> the rest of your life, right? So beautiful. So I'd love to hear your reflections on all of this as well, Tensi. Mid-20s. And for me, the biggest piece of it has been hmm, getting beyond the need to be something in particular for other people mm. and just allowing myself to Somebody say okay. <laughs> so um 
yeah, just me personally being uh, in my mid-20s now, uh, really starting to decode and decipher what it looks like for me to unfold into who I want to be, who I am as is, without being somebody's uh, savior or without being um, the the person that's always helping others and, and not looking back this way. Um, really, this has been like an incubation time for me in my life of really sifting through what is important to me. Okay, 10 seconds left in life, what do I choose? Um, mm. Instead of just going with automatically, oh, I should be doing this because such this, that, and the third reason why that person over there said that I should be doing this. Mm -hmm. um, but instead really trying to come home to what it means for me to do something for me and what it means for me to be myself fully um, mm -hmm. in all ways of me being um, myself and throughout my life, mm -hmm. uh, no matter what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So um, I was always the person that would plan everything out. Mm -hmm. So I was little, I knew what I was going to be. I knew what I was going to be. I knew um, maybe around this age, I was going to have this kind of company and, and I was going to do this, that, and all that. And my degree was going to be this mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, now, <laughs> um, breaking out of that habit since that was a habit that was always a habit uh that formed like when i was little of mm -hmm. feeling like i needed to be the perfect i needed to be the uh the best at whatever i'm doing so i, I need to compete i need to mm. be that the one that's on top of mm. everything no matter what the responsible one i have everything and i'll always be smiling no matter how crazy things are mm -hmm. <laughs> That was always like the, the pattern, the habit, the thing that in, was instilled in me that I picked up and claimed for myself when I was little. Um, and that carried through adulthood. Um, and now it's like busting through all of those preconceived notions of this is, this is what it is. And there's no possibilities outside of this. Um, and knowing that that's not true, that there's infinite possibilities and that me as myself, me as my own essence, I am just so magical and just, just really feeling empowered to be vulnerable with myself, to fully feel like what we were talking about before we started recording this uh, episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> fully feel every all of the, the ups and downs, all of the hesitations, all the resistance, fully feel along the journey instead of saying, nope, I have it together and it's over there in that box. <laughs> yeah, because that, that attitude of having a plan, having it together, following the plan, pushing through. People often talk about pushing through regardless of how they feel, how exhausted they are, what their body's needs are telling them they need. And 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 all of that. What was that? And that's how you just make yourself sick. That's how we make ourselves sick. And, and that also is how we numb ourselves. I know that, that keeping busy and keeping to the plan and having a strict, rigid plan like that is one coping mechanism that people develop to numb ourselves from feeling the pain of something that might have happened in the past, early childhood, feeling neglected, all of that. I know myself, I uh, developed a very strong caretaker uh, mm -hmm. model of identity for myself because my caretakers were really incapacitated and unable to really care for me uh, they did the best that they could, but there were a lot of ways that they, you know, they weren't even taking care of themselves and their relationship was um, really abusive with each other. And, and that trickled down to me. And, and so that model of relating and all of that 
made me feel like I had to take care of them and somehow bring the medicine or the something that was going to make this situation better as a young child. So that's where that idea of needing to be the best, the best at school, get the best grades, be the savior, be the one who always has the solution, who always has the source of the joy and the love. And because if you didn't do that, if I didn't do that, there wouldn't be that in my life. I had to create it and give that and be that for everyone in my life. And it's only now in my 40s, even though I've reflected on that pattern throughout my life, but it's only now in my late 40s where I'm realizing how I, uh, that's been perpetuated throughout all of my choices in life. So I'm just giving you a little warning in your <laughs> mid-20s that that reflection you know, I went and did very radical things and made very radical choices based on my true essence, or so I thought, as the two of you are doing now. And all throughout my 30s, because of these questions that you're so wonderfully asking, and, and, and then we get to another round of that questioning how really did I really let go of those patterns? It's like an endless cycling around to say, how did that scab come back onto that wound and how can I nourish it to actually heal at a deeper and deeper layer? And so um, it's so great that you're sharing about that process for yourselves and this sense of womb centered healing in that, in that sense of allowing ourselves to become and to explore and to experience and not be stuck on any kind of a, a timeline. Um, and that, you know, there's so many societal influences yes. that are telling us we need to be on a timeline. We need to have, you know, now later in life, it's not so much of a concern, at least it wasn't for me. Um, in, in in the 20s because you seemed like you have all this time to do it but now approaching 50 it's like the societal thing you should have been saving for your retirement all this time you know you shouldn't be doing what you want to do and love to do now you should have been <laughs> really hard so that you can do what you want to do when you get older and you retire right <laughs> and I've never lived by that but as I'm getting older and I'm like I don't know about retiring. I'd rather do what I love to do and just carry on doing that because I love to do it. And who needs to retire if you're really doing what you love to do, right? But there is an aspect of giving myself rest all along as opposed to even though I, you know, it's easy when we are doing what we love to do to want to do it more because of that societal conditioning that you always do more of it and not allow for the rest even though you love doing it you do still need to rest right <laughs> so my body is reminding me of that and as i get older that becomes more and more important and there's cyclical qualities to rest so i would love to hear some of your insights about that so i can see it yeah. first out of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. um firstly is this car Super loud in the recording. You on? No, okay. Not too bad. It's pretty loud in here. Just making sure. Um, but anyway, that that brings up a really good point uh, in my head because we don't we don't necessarily get permission right from those that we seek permission from to say that we love to rest. Or that we love to take periods of rest. Like this is my, you know, April and May is my rest period or something like that. We don't, um, we don't acknowledge how much we actually love to lay around sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so we're not open and honest with ourselves about what we want because of these things that we are looking for permission for. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, it's a privilege to be able to put your head down in the classroom when you're in school. Mm. It's a privilege to, uh, you know, to 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 pursue your your pat your your real passion, your what you love to do in your uh, late teens, early twenties. It's a privilege to to be able to do these things in the mouth of greater society, and so you know, not being ruled by the fear of loss of money, not being ruled by the fear of loss of 
uh, access to places and things is is sort of a test within itself uh, with how quickly are you are you willing to grow within this womb of that you created of your current environment um, and how much of that process are you willing to surrender to a greater mind to surrender to a greater heart and to surrender to a greater intelligence mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's that's a, a very um, poignant uh, aspect of all of this that surrendering to this intelligence yeah. that that we don't that we can't necessarily un understand all the parts of and i would say because guess what i'm the founder of the womb centered healing temple and this is the womb centered healing podcast that that greater intelligence resides and connects with us in our wombs and that when we try to understand for example what's happening with womb cycles and 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 by the way i consider that men have wombs too it's an energetic womb it's a spiritual womb okay so, what's that works for me yes <laughs> and that we because you definitely we can connect we can all connect with that no matter what our gender is no matter the condition of our body many women have uh lost their uteruses uh nowadays for you know medical reasons and all of this but i they those women still have that that um energetic womb as well right. and it's very powerful to connect with that because there's a greater intelligence there we actually have more nerve tissue in our bellies than we actually have in our brain and so it really truly is on a biological level a greater intelligence down in the womb space and so it takes a bit of surrender when we've been taught our whole lives that our mind or thinking logical thinking which actually is only a very small portion you know five ten percent of our brain of our actual brains are responsible for and involved in logical thinking but we're taught that that small portion of our brains is the end all and be all of all yeah. intelligent human intelligence and that's what's going to solve all of your problems and that's how you're going to be able to be successful in life is by completely relying on that logical thinking brain and so we that really that really sorry to cut in that really no, no, please yes that, that really comes from fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. uh, it comes from fear of, but I don't know what's going to happen next. That's but right. <laughs> there's many things that we do accept and kind of take for granted that we know will happen next, like the next day and mm -hmm. you'll actually wake up or your next 50 heartbeats mm -hmm. will actually happen. And we just, we just believe on a gut level, I like to say, not on a mental level, we believe that that's going to happen. Okay. Yes. Sorry, this is like really. Yes, um, yes let's bounce with each other. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Popcorn. With all of this that we're talking about, sometimes, well, we have to go beyond our our emotions and beyond our thoughts that are those like limiting beliefs, those limiting emotions, those limiting those doubts and fears. We have to begin to allow ourselves to be greater than that, to start to be more creative in our thinking. What would it feel like to feel fulfilled in life and things like that? Really asking those questions in order to help in that healing process, in that incubation, in that transitionary process. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise we find ourselves in those cycles of repeating the same thing that our grandparents did, that uh, happened uh, 500 years ago that happened thousands of years ago. Um, those same kind of, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be on that. Um, we, we find ourselves re repeating those same emotional triggers, those yes. same emotional cycles that we go through. Um, every, every day it like goes like a loop until we start to go beyond that. Yeah. Well, and, and how we, and how we go beyond that right it is accepting that there is more unknown than known in life and that you yourself or me myself is more unknown than known i have no idea how i grow my own hair yet i do it every second of every day 
mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. I have no idea how I grew my bones, yet I do it every second of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and repair, you know, all of the, there's what, 10, 10 million cells die every one second and 10 million cells are reborn every one second. Mm. So it's like, it's, it, it, you know, there's so much going on with this, uh, as we call it, a greater intelligence that we, that we essentially are, right? But we use the, we identify really heavily with that thinking brain with that five to 8% of, of the neurological activity. And, um, and once we are able to identify, to, to place more identity on the unknown, on the unexpected, on mm. the what we would call unreal, then we meet the magic in life. We meet the the surreal, you can say. When and we, we meet freedom. That's where we meet freedom. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I was saying when we focus on that that underlying energy, um, like the source of the womb energy, the mm. the source of the intelligence, the mm-hmm. source of what everything that we are essentially our essence when when we bring the focus back on that all of these things start to kind of fall away and, and dissolve all these troubles all of this um thinking that you're in this box <laughs> no doubt indeed and and i find that that um you know in my, in my experience that remembering that I can surrender into the mysterious workings of that greater intelligence that my logical brain can't conceive of, can't know about, can't understand. My logical brain can certainly try to know, understand, but if I let that run the show and, and then I'm limiting myself severely. Whereas if I allow myself to drop into the mystery, especially the mystery of the womb, that's all about that, creating this essence in the dark mystery of the unknown uh, and allow life to my life to be an emanation of that mm-hmm. uh, instead of trying to direct it and, you know, control it and, you know, make sure things are happening the way. And, and I just, I see like my grandmother, this, the one that's alive right now still, you know, you get, we get in, when we get older, there's a, when our physical faculties are um, starting to retire, if you will, as you get older, we don't have as much enough energy anymore to Mm -hmm. maintain these coping controlling mechanisms. I mean, that takes a lot of especially around emotions that we're not supposed to feel so we're going to stuff them down or you know memories that we tried to push out of our awareness and just you know and and not attend to but they're really kind of running the show through these coping mechanisms i'm going to have everything planned and controlled and all of this and my grandmother now is suffering from you know basically panic attacks quite frequently and uh, you know high blood pressure and a lot of these things that, that are from the she, she too tired to do those coping mechanisms anymore and so you know the family's trying to help her to learn some strategies now um, to deal with that backlog of stuff that she was that, that happened that she couldn't, that she just stuffed away to the side because she had a plan and everything was supposed to go to plan. And so, you know, yeah. discover that, you know? Yeah. Right. I, I, oh, were you done? I'm sorry. Well, I was going to ask uh, if the two of you have um, some experiences because, you know, she's, she can talk to me about this as an, I think she's in her mid eighties, but, as far as implementing any new strategies, it's really hard for her to do that because it was such a long habit of doing it that other way. And so mm-hmm. people like yourselves and myself, we probably, we've saw, I saw that. I know myself personally, I'd love to hear your story of how you saw that, wait a second, the way I'm being taught to do things and to think about things and to be about things, not quite working the way it's all looking like everybody thinks it's cracked up to be. And yes. I've got to find something different. Like what inspired us in our twenties to say, you know what, I'm not going to do it like 
that because that didn't work. And so I'm curious, I know my story about that, but I'm curious about yours. Yeah, so uh, first thing I also that surrender is the other side of the coin of intention. So you have intention and you must have surrender on the other side of that coin. What that means basically in practical terms is if you intend to rid yourself and rid your average day from panic attacks, then keep your intention and surrender the how and the when to a greater intelligence, to a mm -hmm. greater mind and to a greater heart. Mm -hmm. uh, same with if I wanna get really, really good at a sport, keep the intention while I practice, but surrender certain how-tos to, you know, to a greater intelligence. And then you'll find mm -hmm. that the coach at school doesn't coach you as well as your big cousin who you never talked to until you got into basketball. Stuff like the weird magic, like I said, magic starts to happen. That's where miracles you, happen, right? You when we surrender. Exactly. Of that intention coin that we call surrender. And so. Is that a true story, Saul, about the basketball? Or do you. Um, it, well, not in my life, but you could, you could say with, with writing, that is that, uh, that I experienced some magic with that, where, um, I, want, I held the intention that I wanted to get really good at writing poetry because I started out just writing music. And I went and I, I ended up joining a student-run organization uh, in college that by the, by the second semester from the first uh, semester that I joined them, uh, I, was, I was like leagues above where, where I was in writing poetry. And it was, it was, Sounds like a small thing, but it's not. For anybody that gets on stage, you know when you're leagues above mm. where you were. Mm -hmm. uh, when you, you know, when you, certain things about stage fright, certain things about uh, memorization problems fade away. Mm -hmm. you, you know it's magic happening. You know that you can't make this happen. Something is happening to you for the better, basically. Mm -hmm. And so we have really good news for grandma that you, you don't have to make yourself not feel anything and you can be more of what i call the observer of a panic attack happening even if your body is doing weird things you don't have to try and make it stop mm -hmm. you can simply i call it laugh at it but it doesn't mean force yourself to laugh and force your try to force yourself to be happy before you begin to laugh it means well, you know that you don't want it to happen, so it's not you doing it. And you can just watch and laugh. And mm -hmm. it's, it's like a natural laugh. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, Is there a time when you discovered that kind of strategy for yourself that you can share about with us? Yes, yes. Uh, I was always put in the friend zone when it came to finding a life partner, when it came to finding a woman. Wow, um, you were put in the friend zone. That sounds like, you know, like the doghouse or something. <laughs> well, I, I was it, three years straight. Three years straight <laughs> of, because um, uh, I've never been um, really loose with my heart like that. I, mm. I, I, you know, I've been exposed to people and I've tried to be kind of loose with my heart, but it doesn't, I, it doesn't work. I was, I'm just, a relationship guy, you could say. I like mm -hmm. the one-to-one, the -one, let's grow together type of thing when it comes to relationships. And mm -hmm. so that's what my intention was on, but I didn't have the other side of the intention coin that I call surrender. I was, ah. I was trying to, what's the strategy to lock her in so that <laughs> once I lock her in, then I can just let go because now she's in and I know I'm a great guy. I know I'm cool. How but, did you lock them in? How did you try to lock them in? No, it didn't work. I had. What did to you try that. though? I want to know what you oh, tried. Oh, it didn't work. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Well, we're talking about college here, so. Okay, I understand. Yes, this is in the past, because obviously you're here with Tansy, so that changed. But I, I want to hear what your un unsuccessful strategies for locking them in were. Yeah. So so, trying to. Uh, listen to advice from people that are very loose with their heart and trying to apply it to myself. Meaning uh -huh. when they told me, you know, 
uh, here's how you offer a drink or offer to buy a drink to a woman, it would be in a very suggestive mas uh, uh, masculine taking over the feminine psyche uh -huh. type of way, spitting game, you could say, you know, very um, control the situation type of way that doesn't really fit into my personality type, which is let's unfold together. And so I really don't want to get too far into too many details. No, no, you don't have to tell me the details. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So what, how did that shift then? When did you start to feel how you could just have your intention and then surrender? What, what did that look like when you discovered yeah. your own more successful way of, of um, having that relationship that you wanted to have? Yeah. So what happened is I was successful in a couple one night stands that were horrible experiences. Ah. That were, um, ah. You know, either I woke up feeling like I was degrading someone, you know, and treating them less than human or um, some, you know, some type of drama immediately entered my life or, mm. or our situation together or whatever. And it, it, it was like a, it was like a million light bulbs went off in my head that I'm I've been forcing the situation for years now, mm. and maybe if it's not, and I and I realized my desire to have a woman by my side that really loves and cares about me for me was not gonna go away if I stopped trying to force the situation because I think that was my fear was if I stopped trying to force it then I'll be alone, mm -hmm. right? And so you, you, you come to a point where you're like, okay, I can keep going the way that I'm going, or I can give it all up and let's see what happens. And that, that really is the surrender because you're gonna, you're gonna give it all up, but for some magical, miraculous reason, what's true to you doesn't leave, you can't give it up because mm -hmm. it's true to you. Ah. Indeed, isn't that so? When we give it up, we say, okay, I give up. Just take it. Really oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank goodness. So, so I want to hear. So, of course, then you gave it all up. Your true self came out. You met Tensi, and the rest is history. Is that how it all went? It kind of, sort of. Um, I met one. So, so moving here to Texas, you know, when you move to a different state or a different place, something psychologically happens where you you um reinvent like she was talking about you reinvent yourself uh um so i there was the second time me reinventing myself because i went to school a 12-hour drive away from my hometown then i moved to here here to austin texas which is a 24-hour drive away from my hometown <sighs> i met somebody before i met tensi here in texas and and it was kind of a well, the, the job that I came down here for was in construction. And so I was around a lot of masculine, make stuff happen energy. And, um, and I had already locked in two, two and a half, three years of make stuff happen with women. Um, Practice. Energy, you could say. So yeah. in my rebirth <laughs> here in Texas, I started to bring some old strategies with me. Mm -hmm. And I forced the situation. I met this, this woman. She was really sweet. But who I, I did not like but she, you know showed some interest and I was like okay well let's just see you know let's just make it happen and then I'll I'll probably end up changing her or something like that with, ah. with swimming you know foolishness was going on and so um uh we 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 were um coming together for a couple weeks I realized I don't like the way she takes care of her child I don't like the way she keeps her room I don't like I don't like anything about her except for her body, and uh, you know, and she got a kind of a cute face, and so that 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 was like okay, I'm not gonna do this again, mm. right? And and it wasn't a, a decision I made where I knew what was coming next, mm. right? Because because complete surrender or true surrender is not where you go into the known; you go straight into the unknown. Mm -hmm. And so I let, I let, I let that go. And when I met Tensi, the funny, I got tested by, <laughs> by Grace, you could say. Grace tested me because we met, I, 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 um, you know, introduced myself in a way that I definitely made myself noticed. 
And then I asked for her number and she didn't give it to me. She gave me her Facebook. Chancy. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't give me her number, she gave me her Facebook. So, uh -huh. so, uh, so I had to accept that and I uh -huh. had to relax a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh -huh. and, uh, one of my favorite quotes in the world is, even if you're scared, go scared. And I just had to go scared. Ah. And, um, and we, we ended up, uh, you know, getting married a year and a half later, two years later. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, we're getting towards the end of our um, time. Is it all right? Because I am dying to hear the other side of this story. Is it all right if we take a few more minutes? Because I know listeners are going to be disappointed if we don't hear the intense uh, <laughs> version of this and where uh surrender and this intention followed by surrender and maybe other principles womb healing you know sacred masculine feminine dance of of union and reunion where how does that did that all come into play for you in meeting soul and and in that process yes <sighs> okay so when I met Soul, I already had my life planned out. Like, oh, I no. <laughs> my full-time job was lined up in California. I was going to uh -huh. be moving there from Texas um, shortly <laughs> after I met him. Um, like a few months after I had already planned, I was going to be moving. And that was like, that was happening. Yeah, like um, in January or something. Yeah, but then like when my mom was having her whole health crisis everything kind of shook up and he oh, was he was there and he was like an awesome person and, and just a great support and oh. i was like well i can't really go so i i was like in a warring between but my plan but my plan oh it's gonna be like oh. this and and that was like one of the one of the little mini kind of uh, uh, instances of having the intention and then having also to gracefully surrender to mm. just the moment and to the beauty of the natural blossoming of our relationship and and the natural blossoming of allowing my mom to have her freedom and heal through her through her sickness through all that was happening with her and but when my time came to have a real, I had a, a, like a whole, um, after my mom healed, I had this whole period of time where I was just like, well, what do I do? What do I do now? Who am I? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right. Trying to, trying to piece everything together my usual way of okay when things go wrong this is what i do okay i'm gonna put this over here and then it's gonna it's gonna work it's gonna work right and it didn't work mm. when everything just was crumbling down inside of me is how i viewed it even though mm -hmm. outside looking in it was perfectly fine like nothing was really happening but inside <laughs> of me mm -hmm. it felt like everything was crumbling down i was completely i everything i did nothing was working in terms of yeah. trying to piece things together with example, um, my career um yeah i was gonna be an accountant i was gonna, <laughs> was gonna do all these things and follow all of the rules and mm -hmm. and of a responsible person <laughs> and and not follow my dreams until 20 years later <laughs> when you get to the retirement phase oh, or later on right but there was so much like inside me headbutt of no this don't feel right this don't feel right oh and then me trying to like make it work and then realizing no this is not this and is i not. and i was pretty free already when we met so some of my energy kind of blended with hers as well as we grew together because and i was like it's okay i was like no <laughs> i was like no if you don't know what's going on tomorrow just be happy you woke up no let's just see what the day brings <laughs> You know, right. Well, it was a, big, a big shift. And it sounds to me like that you're describing um, what happens to a lot of people when they discover, and myself included, the limitations of the logical mind where, you know, we're taught that the logical mind making a plan like we were talking about earlier is the thing that's going to be give you the solutions to everything as you go. But 
when life is constantly not logical and things happen and there are other things of value in life that are more along the feminine in the feminine realm like for example the budding relationship between you and this beautiful man and and your family right mm -hmm. your family and the struggles that your family was having having and if, uh, those of you who are curious we're all talking like we know about this story we do because we mm -hmm. had in the interview for the for the embodied shakti summit uh, <laughs> we talked all about uh tensi's mom and and this uh, health crisis that brought the two of them together. So if you want to learn that story, you'll have to sign up for the Embodied Shakti Summit, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I, uh, it is juicy and it's a really great story, very inspiring to me. And, and so these things that happen for you, um, get, you know, it's like life comes in and rescues us from ourselves. Sometimes, yeah. right? It's like, no, you want to be a CPA and, and do all this stuff with this line of reasoning and system of values that's not really truly yours. It was not. It was, was not. Of breaking yeah. down with all of the untruths, all of the things yes. I was holding on to for comfort, for uh -huh. security, for as a coping mechanism. Yeah. I was holding on to all of these things and it, they were all breaking falling away yeah all of them. And, and it was the most beautiful thing because if that didn't happen like how it did i would have probably still been <gasps> trying trying to make it happen you know right right and so in the in that transformation like the caterpillar inside the chrysalis right where all everything the structure of the caterpillar's body just dissolves into a puddle of green goop and then you have to just imagine what you're going to become in that puddle of green goop and you don't even know what color your wings are going to be and and then there's the the opening when it's time to get out you're too big and it's uncomfortable and you're trying to get out of the chrysalis and it has to squeeze you out. you have to squeeze out like the process of birth squeezes all the juices into your wings so that they can develop for you know more fruitfully i use this metaphor a lot so <laughs> i could go on and on about the butterfly metaphor what was that yeah I was, and there there has to be a struggle when you're in the incubation period of your own womb healing your own healing journey there has to be that struggle and that period of reflection or else you won't be able to fly like yes. the caterpillar if it doesn't have that struggle of trying to get out of the cocoon then it will just it will just die because it can't fly mm -hmm. there'll, there'll be no strength back there so even it won't if the be wings strong are, enough yeah even if the wings are fully grown there'll be no strength in that so yeah right. abdomen i guess is in any <laughs> yeah beautiful wow so thank you so much uh i could sit and chat with you all afternoon um but i just want to mention that um you folks can get in touch with Tensi and Soul. Um, tell tell us your your website again. Yes. So two two things we'd like to say. One is the main email address is info i n f o at ufuluchild.com, and the website is of course ufuluchild.com. So if you're uh, the, the the our name is spelled correctly in the title of this podcast, and if you <laughs> want to just hear it. It's U-F-U-L-U and then child spelled out dot com. Absolutely. Okay, beautiful. So, and also, um, I'm going to, we have it on the schedule that I'll be appearing in your weekly live show. Uh, so, if you're interested in, what's that? Next Monday, March Next. 18th. March 18th, next Monday. So reach out to me, Sama Morningstar, on uh, on Facebook or reach out to Ufulu Child there at, at their website to find out about their weekly show if you want to listen to um, to that. Where you have a weekly wellness show and we'll probably carry on uh, our discussion and some aspect of it um, there. And uh, 
we also have a wonderful interview in the Embodied Shakti Summit. So you can sign up for that summit at embodiedshaktisummit.com. Shakti is spelled S-H-A-K-T-I. So embodiedshaktisummit.com. So I look forward to seeing all of you there. And any last words of wisdom, intention, or prayer before we wrap it up today for the podcast? Yes, I wanted to say also, you guys definitely are, you're going to just love this entire summit that's happening, the Embodied Shakti Summit. Be sure to sign up because you'll also, you might just get some little free goodies along the way um, mm. from multiple people, multiple speakers. I just wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. So really look forward to that. Just open yourself up to that experience. And we also want to end with our Freedom Seeker Manifesto. If mm. you're open to yes, we'll call please. and response. <laughs> awesome. So uh, you'll just repeat after us and anybody listening, you'll repeat with Mama Sama. Right? <laughs> All right. Awesome. <laughs> I create my own well-being. I create my own well-being. I define my own destiny. I define my own destiny. I live for freedom. I live for freedom. Because I am free to be. I am free to be. And that makes us Freedom seekers. That makes us freedom seekers. Yay. Beautiful. I love it. Awesome. Maybe I need to come up with a womb centered healing manifesto too. We can do that one too. Why not? Go ahead. All right. I'm on the assignment. We'll see how long it takes to come through. <laughs> I've set the intention. Set the intention. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We got a little delay going, I guess. Yeah, that's I said, if you need help, I'm a good writer. <laughs> I'm a good writer, too, though. I'm a good writer, too. But maybe we get together and we, we come up with something together if you want to contribute. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. We look forward to seeing here, you know, sharing with you at future events and possibly seeing you. We might have some. We're going to have some live um group events at the summit too so be sure to sign up so you find out all about those the future opportunities to connect and thank you all so much that's all for now until next time <laughs>